When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA contest, if your team wins, you get $150 in free bets with code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today with some excellent energy, dare I say, big drive energy, it's Big Drive Spence. Spencer Smith, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? It's uh, it's nice that we uh, got another year under our belt, and we're going into 2023 ready to roll. We did. We survived. Happy New Year. What's what's the latest in the year you can, uh, or latest in the month of January, that you allow yourself to say Happy New Year? Do you have a cutoff date, or are you just going by feel from year to year? Uh, it, it goes by feel, but right now I'm kind of like, if I text somebody that I haven't texted in a little while, I'll still include it maybe today and tomorrow, but it's kind of over for me at this point. Oh, day two. And, and that's it. It's, it's yeah. old news. It's old exactly. news. Exactly. New I year, old it. news. I love it. We got uh, plenty of news in, in the Rockies world or even in the sports world. The, the bowl games over the weekend were fantastic. That definitely ties into uh, what we've got going on in Denver. There are a couple of trade rumors that were thrown out there that are pretty interesting. And of course, since you're a golf guy, we got to talk a little golf, Rockies baseball, that, uh, that wedge uh, in the Venn diagram in which they overlap. Uh, but I got to ask, as a, as a big Rockies fan, we were talking with uh, producer Tiffany uh, just before we got on that he probably goes to more Rockies games than any other. Is that true for you? I don't, I, I don't know if the Rockies are your number one team in, in, in Denver, but do you find yourself going out to more Rockies games than any other? Uh, it's pretty close. I have Nuggets season tickets, so I'm usually at about regular season, anywhere between 35 to 40, and then postseason I go to every single game. So I'm usually about right around the 50 mark, 40 to 50 mark of, of the Nuggets. Uh, the Rockies, I'm in the, I'd say 10 to 15 range. Um, so, and, and Broncos, I'm at every one. So that's right around eight to 10. And then uh, Avalanche, it's usually 20, 15 to 20. So it's actually probably the, not the least, but because uh, of the Broncos, but it's pretty close. And it's not, not because of the Rockies. It's just, the summertime, my whole life up until this last year, it's been the busiest time of work for me. So that could see a, a big change this year. Although uh, come July, I will have a, a mini me in the world. So I don't know how many Rockies games I'm going to be going to after that. But uh, the start of the season, I always love to go to opening day. And, and that first couple of months, it's always exciting. 
congratulations. This is for this is breaking news. I don't know if if you've put that out there on social media. I follow you, but I don't know that I've seen Spencer Jr. on the way. <laughs> we have not uh, fully posted it on social media yet. We're kind of still waiting on a on a few things from the you know a few confirmations, if you will, on on the gender of the child before we really release it. But uh, yeah, so it's early July, I will I will have a, a younger version of me, which is always a scary thought. Wow, that's exciting. All right, breaking news, but also we'll, we'll keep it on the QT uh, for everyone that's uh, in the chat commenting. Uh, Matteo, hey, thanks for coming in from uh, Italy. Big Rockies uh, and Avs fan, uh, just like uh, our, our producer, Tiffany. I got to be curious, do you, do you make uh, sporting resolutions uh, either for yourself as a fan or for your teams? Like, do you think like, oh man, you know what? The Rockies need to make a New Year's resolution and it should be this. Do, do you have uh, any inkling of, of what the Rockies need to do to better themselves as an overall franchise in 2023? Uh, my armchair quarterbackness can can come out in any sport for sure. Uh, for the Rockies, you know, I, I honestly, they're, they've gotten to the point for me where it's actually like the Broncos, which is kind of crazy. Uh, going back five years and thinking where these teams are at. And even, I mean, the Rockies playoff bound in 2017 or 18. You're going to have to fact check me on that. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, you know, they. I try not to get too worked up about the Rockies game to game. Now, I will say, going back to kind of your question about the how many games I go to, the Rockies are number two still on my level of anger if they lose in, in Denver sports, which is kind of crazy. I allow myself to be angry a lot, but the Nuggets are number one, and then the Rockies are number two. Broncos have fallen all the way to number four for me because it's uh, I don't have any expectations anymore. I just try to enjoy them. The Rockies, I don't have expectations, but their games are so fun, especially at Coors Field. Being there in person, is it's one of my favorite places to be. Um, and then just – watching you know different like there's so many young players on the team if they were old and bad it's it's a lot less fun it's like okay where where's their direction and you know we still may not be able to say where the direction is because of they're the Colorado Rockies and the front office is is what it is you know I'm sure you've talked about it plenty but other than the front office and kind of like feeling like there's no direction it is more fun when you have a young team that's quote-unquote bad I mean they they're not bad like Everybody every year is like, oh, yep, the Rockies, cool. They're going to be the worst team in the MLB. And then there's five to seven teams that are inherently way worse. And and so that part to me, it's like, no, they're not that bad. Are they are they close to contending? Also, no. But it, it's not like you expect them, like, especially when they're at Coors Field, I expect them to win at least 50% of the games at Coors Field, if not more. So it's fun to go to the games. with, And I do put some expectations on, you know, when guys like Kyle Freeland are pitching or, you know, and their, their rotation is actually okay. And when guys like that pitch, I'm like, all right, cool. I, I, uh, I have some expectations. But for the overall year, I don't have a ton of resolutions for them. I, I just want to see, you know, get the young guys playing, get get the Tovars playing, get, get guys that – and maybe make some trades and add to that newly – I think I saw newly – top 10 ranked prospect system. Yeah. You know, they, they can add to that with, with trades if they make the right trades. That's, that's the key. <laughs> there, there's a plan in place. I think it, but be executing that plan is a different story. Yeah. To your point, you know, you hate to see a guy like Sam Hilliard, who's a fan favorite, but there really wasn't any opportunity for playing time. So they brought in a prospect, a nice starting pitcher. Hey, that's great. Connor Joe, another guy that you say, well, you got a younger player in Sean Bouchard there. All right, let's clear some space to the younger guys. You don't want to see Connor Joe go. But again, you brought in a guy like Nick Garcia and you say, oh, okay, this guy could actually help you out. So 
it can be frustrating, but uh, to have that plan and, and stick to it, again, it, it's going to hurt at times uh, when you trade away some of those fan favorites. But uh, you're, you're right. They're, they're getting a little bit more exciting going forward. Connor Joe leaving hurts my soul. I, it's, it, I can see it on your face. I was like, he was my guy. I remember I drafted him. Oh, in that's the, right. In the draft. Like he was my guy oh, in yeah. more ways than one. Right, so I, I'm DNVR, very sad about that. DNVR Rockies podcast uh, timeline. Yes, we we did it uh, the beginning of 2021, I think. And it, yes, it yeah. was. And we're just drafting our dude. So like, hey, if someone goes out, has a good game, say, oh man, Patrick, your dude did it came through in the clutch we had a draft uh before the season so this was i don't even know if connor joe was even i don't think he was even on the 40-man roster at that point but you were believing in the hype uh in fact you created all the hype spence you're right you took connor joe you didn't even wait for your last pick you're like he's gonna get gobbled up he's my guy and you absolutely nailed that that's that's been buried uh here the last two years uh, for for how great of a selection that was, because that was the that was the pick of the entire draft, hands down. Uh, yeah, I am the conductor of the Connor Joe hype train, which is now in a different city, so I won't be able to get there as much. But I, I loved him. I just loved he 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 reminded me of like this is a very small level, but he reminded me of myself as a baseball player where he had good. I I wasn't the best hitter. I I didn't. I mean, he hit for more power than I did, but he could play everywhere. You could put him anywhere and you feel pretty comfortable with him playing a position. I played all three outfield positions. I played second base. I played first base a couple times, played third base, played catcher most of the time. Like you could just put him anywhere and he would succeed. And he just always gave you a good at bat. You know, I don't know off the top of my head exactly what his batting average was last year. I'm guessing in the 260 to 270 range, but he, he feel like he gave you a good at bat and leading off was just like fun because the MLB is not what it used to be 10 years ago. It's like, Hey, who's your fastest guy? Put him at lead off. It's like, mm-hmm. You know, now now leadoff guys hit bombs. I mean, everybody tries to hit bombs, but I do enjoy that. And watching him hit leadoff is just just my thing. I love that guy. So I'll always be on that train. Kojo, third string. He was the he was the backup to the backup. If the if the two catchers got hurt, Connor Joe actually was that guy. Uh, he was he was a catcher coming out of San Diego University. I uh, was essentially drafted as a catcher, third baseman. So uh, he did have that experience. So you're right. The train is now back in Pittsburgh, where it started. Uh, no, no pressure to put you on the spot. Are, are you scouting the next guy? I mean, we've, we've put some, you know, polls out there on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies, as far as, you know, who's the next cult hero, who's the next guy to rally behind. That's not a superstar and maybe it will never be a superstar, but is just the guy that you rally behind. Is it too soon? Do you have that guy yet? Or are you scouting? Do you have a couple, you know, irons in the fire and say, Hey, maybe this guy, maybe that guy. I, I do have some irons in the fire, um, but they're not like I try to be out of the box with those picks. Like if I'm wrong, who cares? They were not supposed to be anyone. If I'm right, I look like, you know, the Connor Joe pick was awesome. I mean, of course, you can talk about guys like Tovar and stuff like that. But, who you know, he's supposed to be good. So I'm not going to sit here and say that that's my guy. I mean, he every Rocky is my guy, but my second level of guys, I have not chosen one yet. Um, I, I, you know, I tend to gravitate like back in the day, Jordan Pacheco was my guy, like a guy like that, Mm. like just kind of a solid all around baseball player and not, not going to flash at you. You know, he didn't even stay in the MLB very long, but I I tend to pick those kind of under the radar guys that you feel comfortable with them at the plate. They can play a few positions. They're versatile. Um, And Connor Joe fit that mold perfectly, but I haven't, haven't quite narrowed in on my guy because my next guy is also not a Rocky anymore. And that's Garrett Hampson because he was like the perfect, like, you know, perfect guy, play, play anywhere, can play a good shortstop, can play a good second base, set center field, fast, 
stole some bases, uh, you know, could bunt. Like, I, I like those kind of guys, too. Connor Joe laid down a few great bunts last year just randomly, and you're like, how, how is he doing that? Those are my guys. So they, they fit a very specific mold for me. So I'm going to have to do some more digging. All right. Alan Trejo is, is the early one. He's going to be the Hampson this year. <clears throat> Shortstop second base is where we've mostly seen him. Uh, but now with no Hampson, you know, he could get a little time over at, at third base, depending on uh, what happens between McMahon and Montero, but he's going to learn some outfield this year. So Trejo, keep your eye on that situation. And, you know, he could get even more playing time if the Rockies quite possibly trade Brendan Rogers, because then McMahon goes over to second base. Montero's at third base. And why do I say that? It's not anything that I'm I'm hoping for, but it is something that we've been talking about a lot, uh, not even just this offseason. Uh, we really started talking about it in September. Uh, when you look around the infield, and it's uh it's it's a, it's cluttered, not in a bad way. You want that kind of depth. You want there to be that kind of logjam of really talented players. Uh, but it was reported uh somewhat over the the New Year's Eve break uh that the Miami Marlins in conversation with the Rockies. GM Bill Schmidt said, hey, we'd uh, we'd love a guy like uh, Edward Cabrera, uh, young pitching prospect, former top 100 guy, just got done with his uh, his first year in the big leagues. In fact, still has six years of club control because he doesn't even have one year of service time. So you'd be getting six years of a very good 24-year-old starting pitcher that looked amazing and has that pedigree. And the Marlins turned around and said, we'd love Brendan Rodgers. And... That was essentially the point that the conversation broke off. Don't know if either side would have needed to have included more. I really do think that uh, both those players have similar value. I think Rockies can make a case that the Marlins need to chip in a little bit more for a veteran like a Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I think the the uh, Marlins could say, hey, we got a really good young guy here. Rockies, you need to throw in a little bit more. Uh, what are your thoughts on on a move like that, on, on trading a guy like Brendan Rogers, or maybe even listening to offers on a Ryan McMahon. When you look and say, we got, uh, we got at least three second baseman, third baseman. We've got a couple first basemen right now. It's EJ Crone. Uh, thoughts on uh, a possible trade of Brendan Rogers too soon for you, or are you waiting to see, you know, uh, what he does this next season? Uh, yeah. Brendan Rogers to me, a trade of him is, is like the, like, it's like the guy that kind of gives us, is a noteworthy name on the team. You know, the last couple of years before Rogers kind of broke out, it was Trevor story. And then we traded him. Uh, I'm not big on trading, you know, that, and this is all dependent on if Chris Bryant plays, if Chris Bryant is healthy, which who knows if you can count on that. Um, but provided Chris Bryant's healthy, it makes the Brandon Rogers trade a little easier to me. Cause I, I do like to have at least one player on the team, whether you're good or not, that kind of has that noteworthy name. And I feel like Rogers was, a star coming up through the ranks. He was a guy that people talked about, of course, had a really bad start to the season and then caught fire. I want to say mid July or, or late June, something like that. And was like, wow, this guy can be the future of the franchise. And I, I personally believe that you have to keep one or two of those guys around constantly, whether that's the Rockies, the Broncos, you know, the abs and nuggets are good teams right now with great, a lot of great players. But when you're a team that's kind of in that middle of rebuilding stage, you can't do it with all, you can't just clear it out and have all rookies. Like I, I personally don't believe that I'm not an, an MLB GM. So uh, there's, you know, they're, they're a lot smarter than I am. And that's why they get paid more than I do to make these decisions. But I always believe you got to have one or two guys and CJ Crone's kind of that guy. Chris Brand's kind of that guy, but you have to mint, mix veterans with young players. You can't just have all young players because we don't see what goes on in the locker room, but I bet guys like Rogers that have now gone through struggles and are seen as vets guys like McMahon, you know, are a little on that, that same page, but 
you have so many young guys coming up, you have to keep some veterans on the roster in order to build these, help these guys build their baseball career and not just on the field, but you know, routines, what you do off the field, what you do on road trips, what you do when you're, you have the day off, you know, all these sort of things are built by veterans in each team. And so I'm not, I'm not too thrilled about trading um, Brendan Rogers, but you know, if it has to happen, it has to happen. Like you said, there is a lot of a log jam. I'm cool with Ryan McMahon playing a full-time second base. I'm cool with Ella Harris Montero playing full-time third base after how he played at the end of last year. Totally cool with both of those things. Um, I just like, Brendan Rogers just kind of has that swag. He's got the long hair, like one of the, he's kind of a, my guy type of scenario. I wish he was, no, I, I don't wish he was less of a touted prospect, but uh, if he was like a 12th or 15th round pick, he'd be my, kind of like my guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's got Spencer. I mean, you guys have the same style, like let's face it. So, I mean, that's it. You're right. Yeah. That he, he fits in uh, perfectly well with you. Uh, and, and we know you fit perfectly well in at the DNVR bar. I mean, you're, you're down there. Uh, Vince coordinator doing all kinds of big things on the corner of Colfax, New York, where uh, if you are a diehard, if you sign up to the DNVR.com, uh, besides getting a free shirt with the annual membership uh, and getting one each and every year on top of that, uh, but you get 15% off your entire tab down at the DNVR bar. Uh, that includes drinks. I mean, 15% off. That's huge in and of itself. 20% off on all the shirts, 20% off uh, on the tailgates. I think we've got a Broncos one coming up this weekend. Is that right, Spence? We do. Last one of the year. And uh, it's supposed to be a little cold. But uh, to me, this is it's like everybody loves the NFL. You know, NFL is obviously king in kind of the sports world still for most people. And it's it's one of those things to me where, yeah, they, they're not great. They played okay yesterday. Um, but to me, it's like, hey, we wait all summer once the rock, you know, you know, if, if you're a Rockies and Nugget or Rockies and Broncos fan, you love both of them. I love to watch the Rockies in the summer, but you get that excitement, you know, around July, August for your new team, your new NFL team. And people take for granted, like, even if they're bad, like they're still playing the chargers. They have a chance to like go out on a good note. Like I'm still excited for the game. I I'm a sicko um, with most Colorado sports and I'll admit that fully, but like, I still, it's still another Sunday to go out, watch your football team, watch the NFL, you know, party at the, we do it behind the sports fan. We have a great time, you know, unlimited drinks, unlimited food, the best view of any tailgate in the, maybe so the great. world. And, uh, yeah, we have a blast. It, it, it's just, uh, another chance, like, I don't know, like to take the football game for what it is, but it's still another chance to go out on a Sunday, have a Sunday fun day, watch some football, drink some beers, eat some sexy pizza. Uh, I, I enjoy it. So it's, it's uh, the last chance we get, you know, and then we got it. We got to wait till September again. Yeah. That's the biggest piece too, is, is you're going to be waiting a while to, to be able to experience that again. But for me, I know as, as a diehard sports fan, which I mean, if you're listening to this, you are a diehard period. But my, some of my favorite games to go to were the games in which there was no one there, where there was maybe only a little bit of juice in the stadium or on the field, but I found something compelling. Like, I need to go to this game to see this, or I just want to be there. And so that's going to be that game. I mean, I was at the last game of the season last year at the tailgate. That was amazing. Um, and, you know, they, they hung around with the Chiefs for the first half. That was, that was kind of fun, if you, uh, if you remember that. But yeah. yeah. You know, again, the game itself might not have delivered, but the tailgate did. You can have that good time. And dare I say, you can even probably show up without tickets to the game, just tickets for the tailgate. And then, you know, someone's going to give something away. You jump on game time tickets app, you know, score something for like 15 bucks. I mean, that, that 
that's a good time. That that sounds like a good time to me. And if you can't make it down there, uh, you can still at least go over on DraftKings Sportsbook, put a little bit on the line, uh, especially if you're talking NBA. Uh, they've got the, uh, the special offer going on right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, where you can have a $5 pregame money line bet on any team, it can be a major favorite. It doesn't matter when that team wins; they're going to hook you up with one hundred fifty dollars in free bets. Uh, they got the same game parlays. I mean, now at this point, it's been uh, it's been a couple weeks since I've looked to see uh, with Nikola Jokic's line, where you, you almost have to you almost have to pick a, a triple double, you know, to to have the same game parlay. Or you could bet against them and say, ah, he's not going to have as many rebounds today against this particular team. But if you do that and, and tack two or three bets on one another, you have an even bigger payout. So it's 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 a game within the game. It's really fun. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with code DNVR. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA contest and any NBA team to win. And when they do, of course, you win $150 in free bets from DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's bowl season, so I'm, I'm curious uh, – you got our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. I had to remove myself from the situation here, Spence, because, you know, I did get a Monday night game, Packers over Rams. That, that made me feel pretty good. But I've, I've been a little bit cold here uh, in the offseason. So we, we need some of your heat, a little of your juice. Where are you going this week for your DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week? So I am going um, back to the well we just talked about with the Denver Broncos. I actually started off this new year last night, DraftKings Sportsbook. I had $20 left in my account. Uh, I put a same game parlay on the Nuggets, five legs. It was Nikola Jokic over 45 points, rebounds, and assists. Wow. Contavious Caldwell pulled two threes. Aaron Gordon over 16 and a half points. Bones Highland over 13 and a half points. And then my boy Derek White, even though he's a Celtic, over 10 points. Uh, $20 bet. It it got boosted because DraftKings does the boosted same game parlays Ooh. to a $332 payout. So I started the year uh, with a nice little win yesterday. Let's go. Um, and my DraftKings pick of the week, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos at home. Uh, they are plus three, and it's only minus 105, so you're almost getting even money at home. Last game of the season, new coach. They played great yesterday, all things considered, all the players that are out, all the, the fact that they were in Arrowhead. Um, I don't care that – I care that they lost, but they have lost the Chiefs 15 straight times. The fact that they played them that close with that bad of a roster – and a brand new coach and a whole bunch of things going on. Um, I think they're, I'm going to take them plus three. Uh, it's it, that line may move because uh, I don't know where the chargers can finish difference wise uh, based on their win yesterday. If, if they are kind of locked into that spot there, we may see no Justin Herbert, no Austin Eckler. Um, and the Broncos will go out to win that game in front of their home fans. Last game of the season, kind of get, get some juice going for the next, the start of the next season. So take them plus three at home. Uh, and that line may, may change. So kind of hop on it quick. Cause if Herbert's out that, that may go closer to zero. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could definitely shrink on that. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's so many guys on, on a NFL roster, like so many of those guys are playing for jobs next year. That it really doesn't matter who the coach is. Like they are, they're busting their ass. They do it all the time anyway, but this is like their last chance. This is their last opportunity to make one of those uh, positive impressions. So uh, I love that. See, I was, I would have gone like with TCU. I might've, might've gone that route, taking uh, some of those points. Those games over the weekend were absolutely electric on Saturday night. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the, the holiday bowl this year was at, Petco Park. Uh, previously, they had him at Qualcomm or Jack Murphy Stadium. The Murph, 
Uh, and it did get me thinking. Uh, I did. I did ask this of Thomas Harding last week uh, when he was around. You know, could Coors Field ever host a bowl game? I mean, it's a no-brainer. We we all would love to see that. No, a hundred percent. Unfortunately, for uh, I did watch the Holiday Bowl. Um, by the way, Saturday's games. I've never had that much fun watching teams that I couldn't care less about in my life. That was the two best football games that I have probably ever seen. Back to back, just incredible. Uh, going back to the Holiday Bowl, it, the field was awful. <laughs> um, I remember turning it on, and I watched. I, I wasn't aware that it was at Petco, and I was watching. You know, the team. Uh, I think it was Oregon drive at the end of the game, and the field by the goal line was just a joke. <laughs> it was so bad, and I was like, "Where, where are they playing this?" And they zoomed out, and it was Petco, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." But other than that fact, I, I, I think the Coors Field grounds crew is just about as good as it gets. They, I mean, shit. They turned, uh, they turned Coors Field into a top golf thing that I got to go to this summer, and it was incredible, absolutely incredible. So I believe in that grounds crew, um, but no, any event at Coors Field, I'm in. I, I went to the alumni Avalanche game when they had the outdoor classic there a couple of years ago. Didn't go to the actual game, but even the alumni game, sitting near the rooftop, not a bad seat in the house with a with a big ice rink in the middle, and I think they could make a football football field happen. What's interesting about the MLB is the, some of the, you know, what I love about the MLB is every park is different and every stadium is different in the NFL and other sports, but the field is the same. The MLB is so cool because every field is different. Like every place you go to, it's your, you got different corners. And so I'd like to see a map, you know, with the hundred yards drawn out and see how much of it goes into the infield, you know, big outfield and Coors Field. I, I bet they could get a lot of it onto just the grass, but, Oh, I'm all the way in. Let's make it happen. Yeah, any you're right. Like you said, any event at Coors Field would be fantastic. Uh, they've had uh, in Milwaukee at American American Family Field. I think that's what it's called now in Miller Park. Um, you know, they've had bowling there before. I can remember seeing it. They also have a dome, so that makes it easy. You know, they had a couple of basketball games and stuff there. So obviously, you can't do certain things in the offseason. Football is fine. Let them play outside football. Of course, we had the Winter Classic there in in 2016, which was. Uh, absolutely amazing. But I mean, I, you could even see a point too, where, you know, depending on who the Rapids were playing uh, a fun little friendly there, granted, of course, maybe you want to go over to mile high, but mile high is a lot bigger, substantially bigger than Coors field, but you could have a game, uh, a Rapids game there, uh, in the summer. It would, uh, it, it would cause a little chaos there with the field, as you said, how it can totally get eaten up. But, uh, if you had, a, if you had a big name player coming over, maybe Ronaldo playing, that would be great. Uh, alas, I don't know if any Saudi Arabian teams are going to be playing in MLS. And I'm heard if you, sure if you heard that news, uh, $217 million for two years, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be making uh, for playing soccer in uh, Saudi Arabia. But uh, it's it's absolutely wild. Yeah, I, I want to see Coors Field uh, be involved in a lot more events besides just the concerts. The concerts are great. There should be even more of them. Um, that That's kind of, uh, of amazing. I don't know if you saw uh, Fenway Park uh, on Sunday on yesterday, uh, they hosted their second ever winter classic first stadium to have two uh, outdoor uh, hockey games in the NHL. Did you see that the Bruins players showed up in full Red Sox gear? They had like some old timey mitts. A couple of them had bats on their shoulders. I think they even had like old timey cleats on too. It, it looked pretty neat. It was a good homage going into Fenway. Yeah, I love, I love the crossover events there. Like you said, especially at Coors Field, they're great. 
uh, just in general, getting more into the city of Denver. Obviously, I'm a Colorado kid. I grew up here. I love to see the city of Denver thrive. Uh, we have some NCAA tournament games in Denver next year, actually, as well, at Ball Arena. Uh, by far one of my favorite days I've ever had at Ball Arena because you get two games. Um, I, I do love the crossover events, and I love seeing, like you said, seeing uh, hockey players all show up and, like, really, you know, get into it. Like, if I was a professional athlete, every city I went to, I'd kind of, like, you know, I, I know it's a lot of a lot of games and a lot of stuff, but it's fun to, like, see them dress up. And even last night seeing Derek White go to Ball Arena in a Christian McCaffrey football jersey. Stuff like that's cool to me, especially being a Colorado kid. Like, I love that. I love when Freeland has, you know, they, they ha- he supports the other Colorado athletes. Um, it's, it's cool to see and, and stuff like that. Like, there's what better park to go play a hockey game than Fenway. I, I'm sure that was an electric game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind to see if MLB got a little creative, and I I haven't even heard of whispers of this. But what if you had select, let's say, weekends? It would be helpful if you had some really good teams coming in, like if it was the Angels and Shohei Otani. Yeah, um, even just the Dodgers, I think that could work. But what if you just took the entire weekend and say we're actually not going to play at Coors Field, we're going to play at Mile High. That that could be interesting. I mean, it definitely would be interesting. We know that. Um, I'm not sure how great of an idea or how awful of an idea that is, but just if you're looking for more of those crossover events and to get interest, I mean, I don't think the Rockies necessarily need that much uh, extra help in that department because Coors Field is just a summer destination. If you're coming to Denver, if you're coming to Colorado, you're going up. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to go to Coors Field. That's one of the reasons why we know that um, they've you know in the top ten in attendance just about every single season. But imagine if you took one of those series and you played it over at Mile High, totally new dimensions. Again, it would be uh, very interesting to see how that would lay out. The previous Mile High Stadium was a little bit more equipped for that. I mean, it was Bears Stadium. It it was a a minor league uh, facility that they retrofitted uh, to become a football stadium. But would you be up for that? Is that a a, a, a good to great idea or do you actually hate the idea? I would not be offended if you hated the idea of the Rockies playing three games at mile high. No, I actually don't hate that idea. I think that, uh, I honestly like it's this whole crossover, which is slowly growing and into different countries. Like the Chicago bulls are playing in Paris. The Broncos played in London. I I like the idea of having, you know, one to two games a year, you know, hockey's fully in with the outdoor classic now. Right. NFL is always in London and Germany. It it, it opens it's, it opens the eyes to more, you know, NFL's in Mexico city. It, it opens eyes to more fans. And I don't know if it's necessarily like each team gets a, a series. I think maybe you work into that, but I think like randomly like have, I, I don't know if there's a, you know, a good enough facility or, or actual full baseball field, but field of dreams, they, they already have done that. So something like that, where it creates a buzz around one game, you may not care about the two teams, but you want to watch an MLB game at the Field of Dreams, people watch that. You know, granted, it was the Yankees, I believe, Yankees-White Sox, if I'm correct. Um, but getting extra views and extra eyes on things that you normally wouldn't, in states you normally wouldn't, or places, you know, why don't, like, use a college baseball stadium and have two teams go up to, like, a Montana or Idaho or some states that don't necessarily get the pro sports creates such a buzz around the MLB creates a buzz around those specific players. And, and, you know, I, I'm sure you've talked about it a ton. MLB doesn't do the best job of marketing its players and needs to be better about that. And that's one way to do it. Throw a game, some random city that, you know, some that doesn't have professional sports and make it a thing, make it, you know, that's, what's cool about baseball is everything is a series. 
So you've got a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, you get three games at one stadium. The city's all, you know, the city gets to prep prep for it, stuff like that. I, I do like the idea. Yeah, the, baseball is is trying to do that and, and branch the game out. I think Giants and Padres are playing in Mexico uh, this year in a regular season game. London series will be back uh, in 2023 this year. Uh, there's some talk about maybe a game in Paris at some point. Field of Dreams is uh, is taking a break uh, for the time being as they do some renovations there in Dyersville, uh, Iowa. Uh, Little League Classic is being played, but there should be more. I mean, again, there's 162 games for each team. Like, there's a lot of opportunity to have those kind of games. They had a game in Fort Bragg in North Carolina, kind of in the middle of nowhere, like like you're suggesting. So I'm sure you could find some kind of uh, you know military base to say. Okay, let's let's go ahead and uh, let's kind of just build a field here with with stands for a weekend or for even a, a one or two two off game thing because you know the Rockies are going to be second fiddle I think in a lot of these like destination games because they're in the the middle of no man's land so to speak. Um, but if you did something like that in Wyoming or Montana, a place where there's never been a major league game before, I think that could uh, that could provide like you said those eyes on uh, an event like that, and I think that would very much be uh, be welcomed and if look it's you're welcome to go to, to game time app uh and get some deals on some of the 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 hottest events in sports and entertainment uh year round uh you can also wait until the last minute you can wait up to 60 minutes to get 60 percent off the the face value of a ticket i was in the area of ball arena last night at a restaurant and i noticed a lot of celtics fans and i go oh that's that's right i'll a lot spends. I know you're, you're looking a little upset right now. A lot of Celtics fans. Uh, I did notice there uh, in and around the area. And I checked game time tickets and I noticed the price had gone down from earlier in the morning. Uh, didn't pull the trigger on it, but uh, I did appreciate that game time is offering those kind of deals. Uh, I, I've been using it for, for a very long time. I've seen a show at Red Rocks for 15 bucks. No, that's, that's legit. That's, that's no joke. So uh, you can join over 15 million folks who've already downloaded the game time tickets app or you know what you can just hit the link in our description to save it helps us out a little bit so uh, it's a mutually beneficial type situation and finally we just got to tell you uh, about breck brew's latest offering except uh we can't uh, we, we can't tell you about breck brew's latest offering uh, tomorrow is the big reveal january 3rd likely followed uh, up by some information about a launch party uh, possibly at the dnvr bar again can't, can't reveal too much about it, but just know Breck Brew has got some stuff coming down the pike. I know you've got a lot more uh, information on that than I do, Spence, but it's uh, it's exciting. Breck Brew has got something brewing, and tomorrow we'll we'll know a lot more about it. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. Just uh, like you said, keep your eyes out for that. Potentially uh, a weekend and a half, or maybe not. You know, maybe not next weekend. Maybe next weekend, but uh, there will be. A lot of cool stuff related to this new brew and the the can and the the packaging really really good. So make sure you're keeping your eyes out for that, especially if you're a a mile, a fan of the Mile High City. Mm. I'll say that. There you go. That's a good uh, good teaser, if you will. Yeah, their their branding is so good that you're like, throw that on a jersey, throw that on a shirt. I want to wear your can. Like that's that's how legit it is. I do want I do want to get into a little bit about golf, but. Uh, just wanted to pick your brain on the Mets. Do you have an issue with all of their spending? I mean, it's it's exorbitant. It's it's outlandish to say the least. It's it's wild. But does that matter in in baseball? Really? Like, uh, what what are your thoughts on, on the Mets and Stephen A. Cohen and the spending that they've done this offseason? 
the spending that they done they've done has pushed them up to the top of my list of teams I want to see fail because <laughs> every time a team goes out and does crazy stuff like this, it I mean it rarely ever works. You know, some there's going to be some random team in October that nobody thought was going to be good this year, playing for a playoff spot, playing for a World Series. You know, I, I'm not saying the Phillies weren't going to be good, but everybody's like, whoa, you know, and they didn't win the World Series. But like, where were the Dodgers? Where, you know, I relish seeing those teams lose. So the Mets have vaulted themselves up. No one will ever go above the Dodgers for me, um, but they they have vaulted themselves to probably top three teams that. I will enjoy to see their failure and, and they're, it's just unbelievable how the, the scope of baseball, I don't know if it looks like this in a hundred years, but imagine how much more fun it would be if, if teams had a salary cap and the judges and the guys like that couldn't stay in New York forever. They couldn't just keep getting paid. They, you know, there's so, there's still a lot of variance in baseball, which people say, oh yeah, it's going to be these teams. And I'm like, no, there's, there's teams that like the, the Tampa Bay Rays are the perfect example of that. And I, they're on the top of my list of teams I want to see win. And I, I couldn't care less about them, but they, the, the exorbitant spending is just, just vaults them up to that list for me. It's like, Hey, cool. Glad you spend all that money. I can't wait to see you lose. Yeah. I, I like that take. Are you, are you, uh, glad to see that the Dodgers haven't spent much or are you almost worried like oh boy they're they've they are cooking up something they they are on the next thing already we just don't know what that next thing is exactly it might just be saving up so that they can get under the the luxury threshold to kind of reset their clock reset some of the uh the tax penalties and then going out and get Shohei Otani next offseason are you worried about them or are you glad to see them kind of take a back seat here this offseason no, I, I'm always worried about them, but I think what's kind of scary about it is what's always blown my mind about the Los Angeles Dodgers is they spend and they get their, you know, they get their guys, they get their trade turners, they get get any guy they want in free agency, basically. You know, they're at that top five teams of the arms race of we can pay anybody anything. We have the, the history, all that. Uh, but they constantly churn out these younger guys that just come up and and especially break our hearts at like Coors Field guys that you'd never heard of and their farm system continues to be so deep they bring up a guy you're like oh i've never heard of that guy oh he, how cool he hit 312 with 70 rbis in half a season so that's that part worries me a little bit i'm not you know i'm pretty deep in the rockies obviously and watching you know what they do from a lower level and hearing about prospects other teams i'm not as um in, inclined to pay attention until they get to the big leagues but there's always those guys to me that like they're like, oh, yep, he's a Dodger, or he was from the Dodger organization. He's, you know, good. Connor Joe, kind of an example there. He was in the Dodgers organization, and when he came over here, I was like, yep, he's going to be good. Like, I just kind of knew that. It, they, they can, they are from top to bottom. Just as much as it drives me crazy, so good at that, at, at creating a ton of great prospects, but also being able to spend at the top and not completely. I don't know if they just fleece everyone or how that works, or they've had a ton of guys that have just not worked out that they kind of knew, you know, he's a, he's a good prospect. He's, he's going to gain garner a lot of value in a trade, but we know he's not going to be the MLB player that we need. So then they, you know, get a, get a big, big name for that guy. Uh, but th there, that's what is always incredible to me is when you can have such a great major league team and just continue to churn out talent as in your minor leagues and, and farm system. 
I used to say it a lot more and I used to, I used to live by this credo and, and not as much because I feel like it's driven me crazy, but it's true for them as an organization. If you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves and they, they focus on those little things. Uh, even so far as, you know, doing these, these kind of, uh, not experiments, but, but they get their guys, hook them all up in, in a lab and they try to figure, figure out like, you know, are, the, are you favoring one leg over the other? Okay. Now we got to work on these, uh, these strength drills to kind of make you more well-balanced uh, and make you less injury prone. Uh, and they, they, they just get more out of their guys in that way. It's uh, yeah, they, they can't be stopped in that capacity. Let's talk about golf. Um, you uh, potentially coming up here uh, on big drive energy. Uh, hoping to have some big guests, uh, maybe even in the Rockies world coming up. We'll wait and see what's, uh, what's happening. I was racking my brain thinking about Rockies players who golf. And on this current roster, I think uh, I think this group of Rockies guys maybe doesn't golf as much as the previous group. Cal Freeland is probably the biggest name that when I think of a golfer and the Rockies, I, I think about him. Uh, I know a huge Avs fan. Uh, I thought you mentioned before that crossover fandom. He didn't he didn't go up show to the parade. He didn't, he didn't go to the parade because he said, "Hey, I, I get to go golfing with Vinny Castilla. Like that's my hero." He he was rather rather take the day off go golfing than, uh, than to be a part of that parade. So uh, he, he, I mean, you would, you would know a little bit better uh, see, seeing some of these guys on, on like Instagram. Are there any other like big golfers uh, on, on the Rockies roster right now? On the roster right now, I don't know if I've seen a ton of them. Um, I, I feel like McMahon plays a little golf um, and guys like that, but I, I haven't seen a ton of that. I know generally speaking, you know, as a general sense, it's mostly starting pitchers uh, that are really into the golf. I know like Glavin and guys like that, like they just golf all the time. There's tons of stories of, of old starting pitchers. Cause you get that, you know, four days off. And if I ever got, if I get to talk to a starting pitcher uh, on the podcast and kind of see what that schedule looks like and what they do on an off day, uh, it just lends itself to a little more um, ability to play golf. But in reality, if you're a golfer, uh, baseball is like the worst sport for you to be great at and be in the MLB. Cause like you don't get that, you know, like you have to go to, I guess it depends where you live, you know, living here, of course, like you get to go to Arizona or you stay in Arizona and you can golf during the winter, but baseball itself lends, lends you to not other than the all-star break, which hopefully if you're good enough, you're playing that week or, or have things that week. Uh, it doesn't lend itself to being able to play a ton of golf. So. Yeah, that's that that's very true. Trevor Story is a big uh, big into the golf, but uh, yeah, the other guys uh, again. It's a young roster, so you have a lot of guys that are trying to establish themselves rather than thinking about on the off day, like, oh, all right, well, we're gonna be in San Diego, so uh, maybe go up on Tory Pines, do something like that. Uh, CJ Crone's into chess. Him and him and Ryan McMahon are, are, have gotten into chess, so uh, that lets you know how how that that clubhouse is kind of change just a little bit uh in in, in recent memory uh, but as you mentioned upper deck golf um you went to that did you not at, at Coors Field what was that event like turning turning Coors Field into uh, a glorified driving range yeah it was honestly like I had no idea what to expect um and it was it was awesome it was it was a great time just being in Coors Field I'll go to Coors Field for pots banging pots and pans like that's <laughs> how much I love that stadium but the, the ability for them to, like you said, turn it into a top golf. I was confused on how it was going to work. I was like, can you, you know, I could hit a driver. You know, most people could hit a driver from 
left field through the, you know, and kill somebody in the rooftop, you know, easily. And so I was a little confused on how it was going to work. But once I got there, it made a lot more sense as far as the setup. But no, it was awesome. It was it was fun hitting shots. I think the ninth hole. So they had different hole setups in different spots in the in the uh, in the field, essentially. So they take some seats out and they set mats up and you'd go you know, hole one, you start here, you hit to the X, you know, this colored flag in, in the outfield and hole two, you'd move around the whole stadium. You got to go from where it started right field and then kind of went down towards the third base area, then moved out to left field, then moved up to the rock pile, which was cool. Then moved up to the rooftop, which was even cooler for a couple. And then the last hole, you're like third base or first baseline, excuse me, very, very top of the stadium. And I, as personally, like I've golfed since I was seven, eight years old, you know, on and off and got really serious when I was about 12, but it took me a long time to be able to hit golf balls off of like even the second level of the driving range. Cause I was scared. Like I was going to fall off and I've gotten used to it now with all the practicing and all that stuff being at top golf and, you know, going on the second, third level, but getting up to the very top of the first base or excuse me. Yeah. First base line. I was a little nervous making those swings. I maybe had a few cocktails, so that didn't help. Um, but I was definitely a little nervous taking swings that high up. Was there a net on the other side so that if you somehow lost your momentum and like fell forward? I yes, would, there, there is. Uh, there is. There was little nets that they set up. They did. Upper Deck Golf does a really cool job of setting that up. And then, of course, it it benefits has a great benefit to it as well. Um, I believe it was. Oh, I don't, I was a, some sort of a cancer researcher or, or Alzheimer's, something of that nature, which is a cool idea to like partner those together. There are nets. And so if you fell off, you would, you know, have to you know, embarrassing as it would be. Um, but what's crazy about the nets is even at, so at top golf, there's a rule where if you fall into the net, you, they immediately like have to call the fire department. Like it, it, it's not like an option. You can't just like cry, climb yourself out of the net. Wow. So one of my friends, when Top Golf first opened five, six years ago, whatever it was down south in Centennial, he uh, is actually an amputee, double amputee from uh, the war, and he loves golf now. It's like his thing. His leg locked up, his his artificial leg locked up, and he fell into the net, and they had to get the fire department to come help him out. And he he said it was the most like he's a very proud guy, obviously, but he said it was one of the most embarrassing things he's ever had to deal with because he was like, well, I he could have just climbed out, and you can can just climb out. I think if you're fast enough, nobody notices it. You may not have to, but like if you're caught in that net because they drop kind of low, you uh you have to be like the fire department has to be called. Wow, that's I did I did not know that. that that's that's pretty wild. Mark uh, saying in our chat that uh, the sunset there at at Coors Field, which we know is great. I mean, that must have looked fantastic there uh, uh, at the uh, the the upper deck golf. Did you also partake? Did you did you double dip there and and do the uh, you know the driving range at Coors Field, but then also worked on your putting over at Pixar Putt? Did- I did not make it to that. I am sad to say that I did not make it to the Pixar Putt. Looked it looked awesome though. Any anything in McGregor Square Coors Field, I'm usually in on. I think it was just like a, a schedule thing, or I just didn't get around to it. But those two areas, for what the Rockies organization is on the baseball field, they do an awesome job of creating an atmosphere. Well, and as you probably saw, I mean, just looking at how quickly they threw together an All Star game, yeah, with the whole Coors Field, with the McGregor Square area, the, the home run every like. It, it, it's an incredible facility and and I don't think 
in the MLB, I don't know what, you know, players, how players, it's not like college where you go visit a bunch of colleges and you, you pick the best place, you know, where you think you're going to play the best and have the coolest facility. But if the Rockies could somehow leverage that when they, you know, get free agents, say, Hey, come check out our, you know, most of the players have probably been there and have been at least the Coors field, but it's a great area. And, and Lodo has really popped. And I, I remember when that was just a parking lot it's, and it's so crazy to think now, you know, Tom's is Tom's is a great bar, not quite as great as the DNVR bar, but it's a good spot. You got that big screen. You can watch games there, the amphitheater, all that stuff. So that whole area is just a really good area for events, including baseball. Yeah, that's neat. Mark actually did. He did do the double dip. He was at Coors and then he did the Pixar putt. So so props to you, Mark, for for doing that real quick uh, question here uh, in the chat. If the Rockies were to ever sell the team, would the Rockies relocate out of Colorado? No, uh, I don't think there's a there's a there's a strong chance of something like that happening. Bottom line, uh, MLB is trying to make money, and the Rockies make MLB uh, a lot of money. I mean, again, uh, the 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 fact that their attendance is incredibly high is really the only thing that uh, that matters. Uh, you know, the look, look at the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays are uh, in the last decade have been incredibly successful on the field, uh, in the stands, not so much. So they need a new home. Uh, because that's where that's where the money is at is, is in attendance and uh, sponsorship deals uh, and again people actually putting those butts in seats and, and television rights things of that nature. So um, the fact that Colorado uh, the fans are, are baseball crazy and they're going to go out to those games even if the team is bad, even if the team is frustratingly bad, even if people uh, are are really hating on the ownership, they're making money. So MLB is is totally fine uh, as far as moving out of the area. Uh, can, can never say never because if, if somebody uh, were to purchase the team and they were from Montreal and uh, they wanted to move a team to, to Montreal, that very well could be a part of the equation. Uh, but I think what we're seeing right now with the Oakland and Tampa Bay situations are MLB and Commissioner Rob Manfred want those two stadiums uh, situations situated. They, they want those two stadiums handled. Um, they would love for the A's to stay in Oakland. They would love for uh, Tampa Bay to stay in the Tampa region because what that would then do is leave Las Vegas in particular available out there as an expansion city. And so that when they turn around and say, we want $2 billion for an expansion franchise, Las Vegas will pony up those $2 billion. If they, if the A's were to move to Las Vegas, now all of a sudden you don't have a, a powerhouse like Las Vegas that would be eager to pay $2 billion. And now it might be a little bit harder to get that kind of money from Vancouver, Portland, Nashville, uh, San Antonio, Montreal, uh, Charlotte, a lot of those different places. So you want Las Vegas to be an expansion city so you can really take them for as much as, uh, as possible. So uh, if you've got a team in a place that you can, you can situate and, and get a new stadium out of, that's, that's really good for the, the future of, of MLB in general. Uh, last bit here, Spence. Uh, Rockies versus golfers or rockers versus golfies head-to-head these are probably going to be uh, pretty one-sided, but as we go on, may- maybe it'll get a-, get a little bit better. Who's better, VJ or DJ? VJ Singh, DJ LeMahieu. Who you got? Who you taking? Who would you Who would you rather hang out with and maybe go golfing with, VJ or uh, DJ? I-, I would take DJ. Uh, DJ was one of my guys. He he still always will be, even though he's wearing pinstripes. Um, D- no, DJ LeMay, he just seems like a cool dude. VJ Singh, kind of a little weird. Uh, there's, we actually talked about him on our last big drive energy podcast, uh, got caught doing some, uh, some PEDs and some things back in the day. 
Uh, and so it's kind of a big, um, you know, it was a big story in the golf world, if you will. But no, I, DJ LeMahieu would, would be a, any, a lot of players just even in the golf world for me, uh, DJ LeMahieu seems like a fun, fun time. He's more a quiet guy, you know, keeps to himself, but I respect, I respect DJ LeMahieu more than just about, he's probably a top 10 MLB player in my mind for on my respect level for him and how he plays the game and just does everything right. Another guy that I was very sad to see go. All right. Chichi Rodriguez, Chichi Gonzalez. <laughs> I'm going to go Chichi Gonzalez. He seems like Whoa. an interesting dude. Uh, he, uh, he, wow. I don't know why I loved watching him start. Like it, you never know what you're going to get, but Chichi Gonzalez seems like a, and you know, the, he's got to have some great nicknames. You, you know, that's, that's one of the things that's fun in the golf world and, and just in general is to have some good nicknames. Both of them I'm sure do. Um, being Chichi Rodriguez and Gonzalez, but I'm, I'll take Chichi Gonzalez on this one. I was surprised by that one. Okay, Dwight D. Eisenhower, who is in the World Golf Hall of Fame and, and Museum, which has a very interesting qualifying system that keeps it somewhat more of a smaller hall. So an actual president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, or Tyler, the president, Kinley. Oh, I, I'd i love to hang out with Tyler Kinley, but the chance to play golf with any president of the United States, he's – that, that would take the cake. I, I would just love to see the the situation around the the people in the trees and all the, you know, the security and all that stuff. That, that'd be like a, a one, one, obviously once in a lifetime thing to even be around a president. So I think I'd have to take Dwight D. Eisenhower on that one. And, and, wh- and whether you're going back in time to play golf with him or it's his ghost, either way, you're picking Dwight D. Eisenhower. So I, we, we know he's dead people. There's people shouting right now like, don't they realize? Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got it. Uh, another Hall of Famer, Mark O'Meara or Mark O. Scudero. <laughs> oh, well, that's a good one. I'll take Mark O'Meara on this okay. one. Um, Mark O. Scudero, great name, by the way. I, I actually love love watching that guy play just kind of a shorter shorter dude just gritty you know that using that term um red sock for a while but no i'll, I'll take marco mira on that one uh another golf hall of famer bobby jones or rocky bobby jones and <laughs> i'll not, have to go not bobby jones the met not that other bobby jones that also no. was a pitcher at the same time we're gonna go the real bobby jones we're gonna go the hall <laughs> golf hall of famer bobby jones he uh like he's got his own line of clubs. Like he did, he was like one of the OGs um, in golf. Like it, j- the chance to be around guys like that for me, it would, it would vault him to the top. Sorry. Other, other Bobby Jones. All right. Not other Bobby Jones. All right. Last one. Cause I, I think all, I, some of these might be closer than others, but what is the best matchup? So now, now we're going to go uh, uh, a round of three. You, you can have two of these guys, which, which pair would you like Jordan Spieth? And Jordan Sheffield, or Romack and Rymack, Rory McIlroy, in Ryan McMahon, which 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 twosome would you rather uh, be partnered with? I'm gonna go the Romack Rymack. I love <laughs> Ryan McMahon. I want to hang out with Ryan McMahon. I feel like we he we get along like as as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rory McIlroy is just uh, Jordan Spieth kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Um, I'm a big Rory McIlroy fan, even though he's you know he's from Ireland. Um, Jordan Sweets, the, the American, you know, the hometown, if you will, from Texas, but, uh, no, I, I'm going the, the Romac, Rymac. Is that a real nickname or did I make that up? Romac? Uh, no, 
No, he usually goes by Roars, R O R, like R O R S. Yeah. I just saw the McElroy, and I go, okay, we could play with that. Let's. No, let's that have was a creative. I like that. Okay, like thank that. you. I mean, it's kind of my job. So yeah, it only took me forty-five <laughs> minutes to crack that one. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, think, I think that that one uh, absolutely could work. Spence, this has been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, plug away. Let people know about the uh, the podcast. Uh, the handle uh, on Twitter uh, and uh, and anything else coming up, uh, you know, at the bar or DNVR or we get people from Chicago and Phoenix who are listening. I know you're kind of orchestrating a lot of the events that go on there as well. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at big drive Spence right there on the screen or uh, our, our golf Twitter is officially at big drive energy. So you can follow either of those two. We do weekly golf podcast um, and events wise. Yeah. We've got some, uh, we got some nuggets and abs events coming up here in Denver um nuggets we have almost sold out the takeover for a couple weeks from now um we also are looking into a colorado mammoth event i have Mm. kind of started uh some 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 wheels turning on that so that could be happening here in about a month in february so look out for stuff like that uh dnvr bar we've got a lot of stuff going on of course watch parties every thursday through sunday for your team's game whether that's nuggets abs broncos for one more week uh, and then moving into, you know, of course, playoff time when the Nuggets and Avs are playing back to back nights, the bar is rocking and, and such a great time. And we're we're starting to create some more events, too, as far as trivia nights and things like that down at the DNVR bar and, you know, liven up the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays when it's not as crazy. So uh, always keep out the DNVR bar. Instagram is at DNVR bar, uh, of course, and, and you can always see any of the events we're doing at DNVR underscore sports. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, me and Patrick have been talking as well. There's going to be some rocky stuff this summer, you guys. And and uh, I, I got a little bit of a late start uh, full time over at DNVR last year. So kind of rocky season was kind of finishing up and I was in a whirlwind of Broncos and Rockies and or Broncos, Nuggets and Avs. But we've got some really cool ideas for this upcoming rocky season that haven't really been done before. I think I think we're going to kind of change the game in, in the Colorado market specifically um, as far as some rocky stuff goes. So be looking looking out for that. My one request, if we if we do some Rockies tailgates, which I, I know we will dunk tank. Would dunk love tank. a little dunk tank. It it, it goes. It you goes might be Facebook. public enemy number one, though. You might be the guy that's sitting in the in the dunk tank. Everybody would love to dunk you. I think. No, we'll have Kale wearing his uh, his satin uh, his satin Dodgers jacket, and I think that doesn't <laughs> hey, matter who they're perfect. playing. Or Susie, people people would get up for Susie. You think you think we could talk her into that? Maybe, especially if she's wearing some Phillies gear. If it's against the if it's a Phillies weekend, I mean, yeah. look out. We'll see. <laughs> Look, if it's for the bit, you know, I, we'll 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 take care of it. I'll dress up as a San Diego chicken if I need to. You know, it'll be, fun time. <laughs> it'll be great, man. Uh, follow us uh, on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D Lions is where I am at Spence. Appreciate you coming on, giving us a little bit of momentum here uh, through this this week uh, of 2023 as we get started. But fortunately, you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you tomorrow at 11 a.m. on DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.